Al Jazeera podcast. The tiny archipelago of Jinmen is a hotspot for tourism in Taiwan. But for years now, it's been facing a garbage problem of major proportions. Plastic water bottles, brown medicine vials, styrofoam coffee cups. A daily tide of garbage washes up along the beaches of Kinmen Island. Jinmen's beach is a microcosm of Taipei's long-simmering conflict with Beijing. Taiwan manages its own affairs and has a democratically elected government. But Beijing is adamant that Taiwan is Chinese territory, a claim that stems from the Chinese Civil War. As for Jinmen, you could call it the front line of the front line, starting with where exactly it is. It is such a small island that is so close to the Chinese coast on the other side of the strait that if you just zoom out of the map a little bit, you don't see it anymore. It's that proximity that's put Jinmen in the path of so much garbage. But the environmental repercussions are just the latest symptom of tensions that go back decades. Kinmen is the last place where the two engaged in major fighting in 1958, at the height of the Cold War. Authorities on both sides of the Taiwan Strait had rounds of talks to solve the issue. But tensions are at the highest that they've been in decades, with recent Chinese military activity on the rise. It doesn't leave a lot of room to talk trash. There just isn't a political environment in Beijing or in Taipei to make an agreement of this sort. So in the middle of a geopolitical dispute, where does that leave the Jinmenese? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Before we go any further, a note about the name. In English, Jinmen is spelled with a K, but locally it's pronounced with a J. Frederick Kelter is a journalist in Taiwan reporting on its complicated relationship with Beijing. He writes about Jinmen for Al Jazeera.com. So the Jinmen Islands are a small archipelago of about 140,000 people. Um, located just a few kilometers off the southeastern coast of China. But um, even though the islands are so close to China, they're actually a part of Taiwan's territory. I visited Jinmen on, on several occasions, and I've spoken to students, business people, administrators, politicians. And, and a phrase that kept coming up as I was talking to people was, um, war is ruthless and peace is priceless. And I think that in many ways sort of encapsulates the environment or the attitude that many Jinmenese have regarding China, Taiwan, uh, tensions and, and ties. That if as much as can be done, should be done to avoid things to, to go back to those days when China and Taiwan would, would clash in the, in the Taiwan Strait. Those days have felt closer than ever recently thanks to military exercises that have been on the rise. China has launched military drills around Taiwan, and Beijing has described the drills 
as a serious warning against Taiwan's independence. The Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, is in Taiwan tonight, and China is already responding. Pelosi's late-night landing was quickly followed by news of Chinese military drills all around the island. One of the recent drills came after Taiwanese Vice President William Lai made a stop in the U.S. last month during a trip. Taipei said it was a stopover, but to Beijing, it was a provocation. To Taiwanese, it's a pattern of tension that goes back decades. So I'm talking to someone who's been observing it for years. My name is Chi Ting Ye. People call me Ting. And right now, among the kind of many things I do with U.S.-Taiwan relations, uh, I am a director of the think tank U.S.-Taiwan Watch. And what's your connection with Taiwan? I was born in Taiwan, grew up there until I was 10 years old, and then came to the U.S. And then basically started kind of thinking about where I am from, right? Because you get people ask you, you know, where you're from, tell me about your country. And so that's uh, when I really started thinking, maybe I should really understand the history and especially the politics. So, Tang, Taiwan has been in the news fairly recently as tensions build up with China. Across the 100-mile-wide Taiwan Strait, it's a battle of drills. China announced the beginning of air and sea military exercises around the island. Now, you might hear that and think Taiwan is just one big island, but it's actually made up of many islands. And the ones we're talking about today are called the Jinmen Islands. So growing up, do you remember hearing about it? What is the image of Jinmen in the Taiwanese collective consciousness? Yeah, so growing up, Taiwan had a compulsory military service for all the men. And so the the kind of running joke is that you better not get picked to go to Jinmen or uh, the other sort of outlying islands right mm-hmm. on the coast of China because it's far away from home. Mm-hmm. It's very tough. And, uh, you know, that's where the front line is. So the running joke is you don't want to end up there for your service, but people who do end up there for their service come back and they have this you know, sense of, you know, I did it, I was able to go, and they're very proud of that. So... Jinmen is about a 30-minute ferry ride away from the Chinese mainland and the city of Xiamen. And it's an hour plane ride away from Taiwan, which Jinmen is part of. So how does the political dispute between Beijing and Taipei play out in the lives of people in Jinmen? Yeah, so Jinmen is, if you go there, you can literally see the skyscrapers of Xiamen on the other side. Which is then mainland China. So, right. so you're on the shores right. of the beaches in Jinmen and you're looking out and you're seeing the skyscrapers of China. That's right. You're walking along the beach and there are these, you know, sort of very Cold War-ish uh, relics, right? So you have gun turrets, you have uh, barricades, you have, you know, these big signs with propaganda uh, messages, you know. Hmm. Jinmen also deals with a lot of problems from China on a daily basis. Uh, For example, there is a large amount of trash uh, from China washing up onto the shores of Jinmen. There is illegal fishing by Chinese fishing boats. And so all of this is kind of creating a 
an atmosphere of, you know, we're so close to China, you know, we want to obviously be friends, right? And we want to coexist and we want to work together when we can. But there are all these problems. Yeah. So you mentioned the trash. Gentleman has been dealing for years with waste washing up on its shores. What do we know about where the waste is coming from and who's to blame? So I think there's a lot of waste, for example, packaging and, you know, things that clearly has simplified Chinese characters that's used in China, but not in Taiwan, right? So people know, okay, well, this is obviously coming from China. Oh, so you're saying the writing on, let's say, a plastic bottle has writing that lets people know this is not from Taiwan. Exactly. This is from mainland China. Right. Okay. So on a yearly basis, Jinmen deals with up to 500 metric tons of waste that supposedly comes from China. Have there been any attempts to resolve this issue between Taipei and Beijing? Because this is an environmental issue. Yeah, so there has been attempts uh, from the Jinmen local government with uh, the Xiamen city government on the other side. Um, so I think there has been uh, talks and there has been um, sort of promises of collaboration. I don't think this is something that's high on the agenda between Taipei and Beijing on the national level. Can you explain why this wouldn't be something that would be high up, especially for the government of Taipei? Taipei, as the national government of Taiwan, they have much bigger existential problems right now. You have Chinese fighter jets. They're flying around the edges of uh, Taiwan's air defense identification zone almost on a daily basis. Taiwan is trying to push back against China and determine a possible invasion. Even for the two sides to talk, Beijing demands that Taiwan accepts that it is part of China before any meaningful dialogue, right? So that's kind of they demand that you accept the conclusion before there's even any kind of talk, right? So I, I think because of all this, I think the trash issue, unfortunately, will have to wait. It leaves the officials in Jinmen walking on eggshells when it comes to the rubbish. Frederick says the proximity to mainland China means Jinmen is also dependent on it. Jinmen gets around, I believe it's 30% of its water supply uh, these years from a pipeline connected to the mainland. There is a deep reluctance on Jinmen to do anything to sort of further the straining of ties between China and Taiwan. And often when we do see on the Taiwanese side a sort of hardening of rhetoric or a more defensive talk, more uh, aggressive talk towards China, that the Jinmenese will often go in a bit of a different direction. They will urge caution, um, encourage uh, dialogue and cooperation, or at least try to prevent further deterioration of, of the ties between the, the two sides. Taiwanese people, though, including those in Jinmen, have come up with their own solutions including cleaning the shores on their own, sometimes with their bare hands. A nationwide beach cleanup held by a local NGO has come to an end. Over the past two months, the volunteers collected more than eight tons of garbage across Taiwan. And the cleanup has made a dent. 
a survey by the Taiwanese Environmental Protection Agency, says that from 2020 to the end of 2022, 179,000 tons of waste have been cleared from Taiwan's shores. And in Jinmen, some of that waste has become a source of income. More on that after the break. The Inside Story podcast dissects, analyzes, and helps define major global stories. We get into the details with experts who explain how policies affect people. The Inside Story podcast by Al Jazeera. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. So, Ting, locals and Jinmen are coming up with their own solutions for dealing with the waste. And that waste includes the waste of war. You talked about what the beach looks like. It's the remnants of this conflict. And Jinmen has plenty of leftover artillery shells fired in World War II. So now locals have become known for making these sharp knives out of those shells. Blacksmith Wu Sangdong forges household knives made with steel from old Chinese bombs, artillery shells that landed here decades ago. How did that all start? So even after 1949, there has been um, hot conflict between the Chinese side and Jinmen, right? So you will have artillery bombings, the People's Liberation Army firing artillery rounds into Jinmen. And so you have these artillery shells that uh, litters the beach and the locals said, you know what, there are these things everywhere and they're actually quite high quality steel that we can actually make something out of. And so Jinmen has over time become known for their beautiful cooking knives uh, that is now a, you know, the most popular souvenir item if you ever visit. Something that you use uh, to make dinner, right? So I think that's something quite special for a lot of people to kind of connect something that's at a geopolitical level, but something that's every day. Frederick, the journalist, says those knives are just one of Jinmen's exports that thrives on peace and struggles when tensions rise. As ties deteriorate between China and Taiwan, we have seen sort of um, arbitrary, uh, sudden, Chinese import bans of Taiwanese goods and, and, and products. And recently, one of these import bans uh, was directed against a, uh, a liquor that is produced on, on Jinmen. Jinmen is quite famous for this uh, uh, particular liquor and, and earns quite a bit of money ex- exporting it to, to the, the Chinese mainland. So, so when this was sort of suddenly hit by this import ban, um, that also struck the, the Jinmenese economy. Jinmen has a history of paying the price for conflict, a history that goes way before modern-day bans. Nationalist soldiers watch the Red China mainland from tiny Kinmen Island on guard against further attacks from the enemy, whose bombs and guns have pounded villages into tipsy-tilted walls and piles of rubble. Jinmen actually got fairly unscathed through the the Chinese Civil War, but that all changed towards the end of the war in 1949. So the Chinese Civil War was was fought between the Chinese nationalists and the Chinese communists. 
The communists took control of mainland China and the nationalists fled, taking control of Taiwan and Jingman Island, among others. And um, on their way towards doing this, they occupied and fortified the Jinmen Islands to sort of cover their withdrawal to the Taiwan main island. And when the Chinese communists had sort of consolidated their position in mainland China, they tried to dislodge the remaining nationalist forces uh, from Jinmen Islands. But in spite of several invasion attempts, they were unable to conquer the Jinmen Islands. And this left sort of a status quo whereby the Jinmen archipelago became a, a front line between mainland China and Taiwan. Which is still the status quo today, a lingering conflict with trash washing up on the shore. And while officials in Jinmen keep pushing Taipei to collaborate with Beijing on solutions, Ting doesn't see that being resolved anytime soon. I don't think the trash problem itself will get a lot more attention, but I think it is quite symbolic of what is going on in the bigger picture. I think for the Taiwanese people, for the most part, we want to be left alone. And we want to be recognized for the country that we are. The problem is that China doesn't agree with that, right? And China says, we want to make you part of our country and we want to annex you and we will go to the length of invasion if we have to. That hasn't happened yet, but before that happens, there's still a lot of intimidation that China is putting on Taiwan on a daily basis right now. So, you know, I think the trash problem is almost a, you know, I think it's a good reminder that people in Taiwan have to live with both the big geopolitical existential questions and their daily lives at the same time. And that's The Take. You can find more of Frederick's reporting from Jinmen, including pictures from the islands, on aljazeera.com. We'll pop a link in the description. This episode was produced by Suri Al-Khalili and Chloe K. Lee, with Ashish Malhotra, Amy Walters, David Enders, Veronisa Campana, Khalid Sultan, Miranda Lynn, Sonia Bagat, Zena Badr, and me, Malika Bilal. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.